0: Right guys, welcome to the second episode of the Football Borough Podcast with me and me Joe and Alex. Alex oh. <laughs> back again for another episode. So uh, today, yeah, we're going to talk about away days that we've done, quality of refereeing decisions in the lower leagues, which is which is always a big one. And also, I think life after coronavirus. This is a big one. Our fans are fans going to be allowed back into the stadiums? Well, even though they are slowly being reintroduced now, when are they going to get back to full capacity? This is the question we we're going to ask. Mm. So, well,
1: well if, we're to- if we're talking about are we going to be back to full capacity? I don't think Bolton Wanderers have ever had full capacity for twenty years at the Reebok. So, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be easy to social distance anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely your stadium. I was just there reading <laughs> up the. We're releasing our season tickets, this, I think, this week. And the capacity for the stadium is 2,700. So That's about especially... like
1: 8,000 8, seats going, going to be empty, isn't it? Yeah.
0: So... Well, we've had the railway uncovered for a while now anyway. So yeah. we've used that as an advertising space. But what I'm thinking is if we sold 1,900 tickets last year, mm. so I'm just thinking I'm not going to re, re- uh, reapply this year, unfortunately, due to stuff that's happened with COVID and all that. I would love to have got another season to keep, but it is what it is at the moment. So I'm going to go to games when I can.
1: With us, I don't know what's going on at all. I think we're just, it's going to be one
0: of those where you can watch it online, I think. But, you know. Yeah, that's that's the only thing. I think that's what a lot of clubs will do now. A lot of them will try to do the I follow route, isn't it, of... Playing, um, she paid £10 a game, I think, on that at the moment.
1: Because people are renewing the season tickets and they're not being asked any questions with regards to, um, you know, are they willing to, are they, you know, with regards to seats, you know. that Everyone's applied and they've wanted to keep their own seat. So you've got, say with us, I think there's with over about 5,000 tickets we've sold, I think, 5,000 seats. That's it. It's, it's no one you. know said anything about uh, being prepared to sacrifice the usual seat. So I'm presuming that, everyone has just bought the tickets as normal and then they're just going to send everyone a link to go watch it online
0: instead so yeah well I think... depend depending on obviously how first they let the plans in isn't it how are we going to do it i've just seen in france the way they've done it but they've they've actually banded together there's no social distancing or anything hmm. so otherwise uh, they're going to put everyone together again
1: Well, did you see that game uh, between psg and leon the other week i think it was was it the like the um, sort of the French version of the charity shield, I think something like that, and they played it in Paris, and it was it was just like you may as well have had an empty stadium. So it's a bit. I think re- with regards to us in this country, the season maybe starts again, but I can't see us anyone going to watch a match anytime soon. And again, we're going to have a, a half the a season, or maybe even most of the season, where. It's all going to be on TV again. So
0: yeah, it's and also how does it fix the lower leagues as well? Because that obviously there's no TV money as we spoke in the last episode. It's, just, it's all in the top tier and Sky obviously have the EFL rights, but they ever only do the Championship really. Well, I, think
1: a lot, I think a lot of clubs as well need are, are still trying to work out how how do we implement it? You know, with regards to social distancing in the stadium. You know how how a, how are stewards going to be briefed with with regards to managing people and and, you know, what goes on the turnstiles and, and so on. You know, it's very, there's all sorts of different complications with regards to, I mean, let's face it, if you go to a football stadium, it, they're not, if we're looking at the amount of people and, and, you know, with with catering and so on, you could say it's not exactly the, the easiest situation to sort out with regards to this. Not the safest place in the world to go and, and socialise, is it? But um, it's particularly in the lower leagues where everyone's, everyone's, majority in the stadiums are standing you know how, how on earth do you police that so I think it's going to be we we'll have to just see what the numbers are with regards to do we see another surge in cases and and I mean we, we saw a surge in the last few weeks and in some particular where we are around you know greater Manchester area it's sort of up and down in each town, isn't it? So one week it's it's going down, next week it's back up again. So no one can really plan ahead with regards to knowing when we're going to go go back to the stadium. So it's a it's a mess, isn't it? But <laughs> yeah,
0: I suppose as we go on, I think towards the end of the season, I'd would say maybe it's a maybe a full capacity, maybe look at full capacity. But then again, we don't know what it's going to be like in six months' time, do we? When clubs are going to be either struggling or. Really,
1: you see, you see what's going on in Scotland. I mean, they've started the new season, and it's been the same situation and to no no fans um it's one of those again politically how how do you not let fans in in other countries like in in Scotland and everyone else you know only English teams are letting people in you know how how do you how do you justify it you know what um but like you say the the main impact it's going to have long term is is a club's still going to be able to function. That's it, isn't it? Especially in the lower leagues, as we know, revenue is everything.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, we were saying
1: it last time, don't we? We don't have the same access to TV money that the, the the top twenty teams do. So it's um it's a killer, really. This, but you know, that, who knows? Who knows? Yeah.
0: you think I could think though it could play into the hands as well. A lot more people who maybe not get into the normal clubs may go you know what, I fancy a local game today. And obviously, the fans divert away from the normal clubs to go to the local clubs to to try and fund them.
1: It's something that's particularly been going on the last few years, isn't it, really? You know, if you can't get a ticket or you're not you know, wanna say if you're a United fan or or Liverpool fan or whatever, have you and you're not able to go to Anfield and Old Trafford every week, then you a lot of people are just going supporting t- teams where they know they can get a ticket for no yeah that's it you, you so go think, to the like you say you can only see that
0: being another result of this so that that's it. it's another avenue for fans isn't it? It's mm. we have so many clubs in this in this, this country, the fact that there's How many steps is this? Like 10 steps to the whole football pyramid. And there's always a a football match on somewhere any day of the week. So particularly you're lucky, but it's always finding on what games are on on that that week and if you can get to it and all that. Yeah.
1: And still the cost as well. I mean, let's face it as well, not... With football, it's not just the price of a ticket nowadays. It's it's the price of transport, food, and drink. You know, out, out, having a beer before the match and during. You know, that, yeah. All that, it's all there's so many different things that are costly nowadays with regards to watching the football match. I mean, you see on YouTube nowadays, don't you, where people do vloggers do sort of, you know, like away days, of, days, isn't it? Yeah, around the country, and they sort of price it up for the average the average day to at. At this club or so. And oh sort. yeah,
0: the price of football, isn't it? Yeah, they, they always go like the prices of pies, the prices of the programs, and which I say programs have, have gone up. I'd say a pound from when I was a little kid, probably about 15 year ago. I'd say do about two pound and now three pound. But I suppose you're paying for the printing costs. You're paying for. Well, then again, though, you look at a program
1: for example, and two thirds of it is advertisements, isn't it? That's it. it, it, it yeah, every it. program I've ever, I've, I'm not a big fan of programs because of that. You know, you, it's one of those programs as well. A lot of people, they just go to the games now, as we were saying last time, they're just going to the games out of habit because, you know, they've followed the club for so long. And they're not really that fussed about, you know, you know they have pages on certain players, like oh, players no, yeah. and that kind of thing. A lot of fans now have been watching football for so long. They're not really bothered about that. They just want to go and watch the game. And the thing, and like and like I say as well, plus the fact that two thirds of it is just adverts,
0: it's, it's it's
1: you can't justify the cost can you so <laughs>
0: i suppose it's like the papers isn't it it's just like opening up a paper oh there's another advert cr- turn the page
1: it's, yeah it's it's just so no, it, i think programs nowadays it's more just as a souvenir isn't it? you know that you want to keep all of and then pass on you know have it for the future really but in terms of actually uh buying it for for read for reading material you just Nowadays, you just go and watch the game, don't you? Yeah, or
0: say at half-time, everyone's on the phones checking the scores, checking the bets. Well, yeah, exactly, yeah, Yeah.
1: phones. I mean, yeah, it's not... I remember, you know, back... I mean, they still do it, but usually when you're at the stadium, you used to have the, you know, the the announcer giving the half-time scores, didn't you? Yeah, this is... All-time as well, but nowadays that's just irrelevant because people just get it up on on the phones or on Twitter or, or whatever, and the... It's uh, it's it's dead easy to get find out what's going on elsewhere. Yeah. So again, and and like match reports as well. You know, if you if you want a, a souvenir of something from a, a match that you've been to, you don't even need a program. You just go and get a, a website up. You know, with, with a yeah, match report.
0: It, it, I was gonna say the only way maybe you could get say save on printing. You say the digital program. Maybe there's a QR code. You you pay maybe say two pound for the QR code. Uh, yeah. Is is Here's another thing. This is this is the future, isn't it? I don't see. I've not seen a lot of clubs that do digital. No. The problem. The problem is, it's
1: another conflict, isn't it? I mean, it's like with us. are trying. It's a thing now of trying to get people to go. Like right with banks, don't they? They always send you emails and letters saying, "Oh yeah, come and get, go and put it on card." And and it's the same with season tickets now. That's the, and ticket match tickets in general, or for anything, any concerts or whatever. It's all. Have, have you got a, a nice,
0: an e a an e ticket plan? now, isn't it?
1: It's no. Yeah, no digital ticket, and it, it, it's not the same as just having a proper ticket, is it? You know, no. it's, there's so many things that can go wrong with a digital ticket, and it's it's like with us now that there's introducing a charge for you know the printing costs. You know, printing a, a season ticket off. But at the end of the day, though, you got to look at the fan base. You know.
0: Yeah.
1: It's, it's all right. Football clubs and companies talk about e ticketing, but.
0: You look at the older generation don't you you think know, are they ready are they ready to make that digital step it's
1: Like with where I sit at the reebok there's most of the fans I sit with uh, have been going there for 20 30 years you know and they're not they're not sort of the, the new generation of fans coming up they've, they've been like I say they're, they've been you know retired and they've not got the same uh, you Know they probably don't kind of the same amount of technology that we do, so it's all right saying, Oh, bring your e-ticket. But a fan for a fan who's been going for 40-50 years and has had paper tickets all their life, and no, yeah, it's well, oh, you can't come in because you know you haven't got a, an e-ticket or whatever. It's a bit you, this is again where clubs need to think about the fans and, and really know the fans. I mean, it's you hear some things like we have with, with regards to the messages that clubs send out and how the. They think fans are how do think fans think about football and what they want from? I think there's a another thing that we nearly really need to get our heads round. Nowadays, it's all the again like we were saying last last week. It's football runners as a business, but you know who who thinks about what the
0: fans are, are thinking? You know, really, it's all about the fans, isn't it? Because that's what who's paying your money, really, isn't it? You
1: think oh, we've seen it? We've seen it on the TV, haven't we? How, yeah, these, these games. I know they're showing the games live, but it's just. It's not the same when it's in an empty stadium, is it?
0: It's just no, it's
1: you like you look at you'll ask any you look at Leeds for example, and that you know the promotion party and all this kind of oh, thing, yeah, this the, the main headline from that rather than celebrating them going up has been about the lack of social distancing and all that you know, all the debates around that, and that's overshadowed the fact that they should be celebrating for going up, you know,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's I think at this point. In the actual season, well, even though we're only two weeks away from the season, it's it's late August. We should be three or four games in, and it should be football should be underway. I know we started the AFL, EFL EFL Cup last week, but it's it's all a bit weird. I think there's going to be so much congestion this fixture list this year. It's it's going to kill a lot of teams
1: off. I think as well, they seriously need to consider what all these other competitions that teams are playing in. This, like I say, EFL. I mean, I've been looking through our fixtures. You got EFL Cup, EFL Trophy. I mean, what's what's that it's, all about? Yeah,
0: as we said you know, last week, isn't it? It's the same. It's the congestion for this season. It's just going to be too much for some players, I'd say.
1: I think whilst, whilst a lot of teams, you know, relish the playing a cup tie and you know, the FA Cup and the money it can bring in, and if you get one of the the big teams. But for most fans now, I think they just want to see. <laughs> League matches, don't they? they That's just, it. Yeah, get they don't get any injuries, or I mean, we talk about it, players getting injured in the Premier League and the, and the schedule, but it's it's even more important for the teams lower down with with the smaller squads. They need, they really need the best players fit for every game, don't um, they? Yeah, it was like a, it was a
0: couple of years ago, Bradford when they changed their entire eleven for one match. Mm. Uh, I think it was in that the Leasing Trophy, and then they got fined because they played like eleven new eleven new. Yeah. Is. then again, that's what they're going to need this season, mm. so you'll be putting on youth a lot, I think, this season, a lot of we'll see a lot more youth up and down the country getting a run out of the of the clubs. Yeah,
1: it's a, it's just a lot of clubs as well, it's all like um, with us, for the past four or five years now, it's all just been relying on on the on loan players, and you know, and it's, um, with, with regards to players' contracts and what have you, I don't think I think a lot of clubs now are just going to be sort of sharing the players around, really. I mean, I've you see it already, don't you? With, you, you, One minute a player's playing for, I don't know, Coventry, next minute they're playing for Plymouth Argyle. And it's like, you know, you're having players now playing for three or four different clubs in the season. And I think you're only going to see more of that as well. Um, but it's, I don't know, we're just, we don't know where we're at, do we? We're, no, it's it's all when, a bit. And we're going to get back to the to what it was like before. I don't think we have. I don't think even if we do get back to going to stadiums and, and watching our teams play, there's gonna be lots of changes
0: with regards to that, you know, lots yeah, of the... that's it, isn't it? It's the changes are, we, are fans ready for the changes and it you think it's like, I know it's the season is like it's not even not even not even started yet. It's 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 going in, we're well we're starting in October. And that's late for mm. football to start, especially... We're when, used to start in August, aren't
1: we? You know, that's we're, it. We're, like say, we're usually, we're already two or three weeks into the season. and it, 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 I remember we always used to say that this you can't... The end of one season, and if, usually it's a bad season, you think, God, can't wait for the season to be over. And then a week later, you... you you can't wait for the season to begin. That's it, it. And I know recently the gaps between seasons ending and starting has has gone relatively quick, hasn't it? You know, yeah. So there's April, not there's no like holiday is there from it? From April May time to to August, it's past few years it's gone quick. But
0: this time around, you can really you know feel how long it's been. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I think that's what it is. It's the it's the longevity of I think having well here having a lockdown for. So long, and obviously, we could still watch football, but then you we were still playing Champions League football in August and all that. I think that you think the qualifying rounds have already started for the next season's one. I well, know it's, it's the final
1: it just reminds me of like when you're at Christmas time and you've got all the games in a you know, you've got a game every other day and you don't know what date it is No, that <laughs> it just feels like well, it's probably going to be a bit like that from now on. Um, Sat- yeah,
0: it'll be Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for a lot of clubs.
1: I mean, you're going to see, and as well with, fi- with fixture lists and what have you, you already have games piling up, you know, That's with, it, yeah. with, with cup games. But, you know, teams with games in hand, I mean, I remember past couple, the past couple of years, there's been periods where there's teams that have had three or four games in hand on everyone else. Yeah. You know, not just the odd team, you're looking at five or six teams that are, are way behind in the fixtures. And then you you're gonna have this where there could be instance where players haven't been so haven't been complying with the rules, like what's happened with say Celtic
0: and Aberdeen. Yeah, the, their players not coming uh, off all again.
1: Of so then we could end up having seasons starting and then like what's happened in Scotland, within one week, we're having games postponed
0: already because of health yeah,
1: it. it's just going to be the the days of everyone playing at the same time are, are, are over now, aren't they? Yeah, for
0: this season, anyway. Maybe next season it will be, be a bit more normal, but when you look at when we go into the winter months, frozen pitches for a lot of clubs, yeah, it's going to be waterlogged, somewhat depending on the weather, whenever it is. It, I'm
1: and with this virus, not it's other things happening as well into all the yeah. colds and whatever you can only see it there's no way this is going anytime soon, is it and it's, no. and it's just a it's just a shame because you're looking at um so you look at the championship for example, and there's there's so many teams now that have been you know that have been top teams in the past and the and it does look like the quality is gradually getting better, and you're hoping that fills fills down to the you know the low leagues yeah in but, but no one knows when they're going to see it, you know, live, do they? And like you say, it's it's no just having it on TV.
0: It become, it becomes boring after a while, doesn't it? I mean, because you not actually a, it's it's the atmosphere, isn't it? It's what that's what's going to be lacking, I think, this season. at a lot of stadiums. It's the atmosphere that all the like when you're bouncing and stuff. Especially if if there's no away fans. If depending on how many tickets have been sold, and obviously the allocation for away fans this season, it's going to be another big one, really. Well, the thing as well, like another thing that's, again, they keep talking
1: about it being in the Premier League, but I think it happens anyway, is a lot of teams rely on the fans, don't they, in terms of if, they, if they've lost a goal or, the, you know, they've behind or the or they're hanging on, you know, in the last minute, they rely on the fans to sort of get behind them and jane them on a bit. Or if they, they've, they're going in at half-time and they've played bad and, the, you know, they need a reaction, a lot of the time it's down to what, fans are, su- are suggesting
0: in the stadium, isn't it? Yeah, it's getting behind the team, isn't it? It's
1: And it and it's definitely had an effect on the games that we've seen since, hasn't it? I mean, yeah. where, you know, you're looking at a team and it's getting battered and it gets into half time and you're thinking, right, we need to su- turn this round. And they've just not been able to do it because it's just had that training match, exhibition match feel to it, hasn't it? And I think that's, you're going to see uh, a lot more of it, I'd say over the coming yeah. season, especially. Yeah. I mean we've been it in the stadium stadiums ourselves, haven't we, where the fans you could say fans have sort of changed the game where even yeah. if there's not many fans there, but if the if they've been vocal enough, the team eventually they get gets, behind, don't they? And yeah, it's like we have seen, you know, Cheathland at County, you, second half, if they really need a goal they'll they'll the,
0: yeah, they'll everyone starts
1: roaring in. and but if they haven't got anyone putting that sort of Pressure on them; these players, they just
0: they just start walking around like it's nothing, isn't it? It's
1: just turn into boring games. I mean, you see the some of the games on here, like in the Premier League, we're saying you know Chelsea, Liverpool, City. I mean, they just they just it fizzled out into boring games, and they, a, a lot of it has just been to do. They've said that it's to do with the fitness, but I think it's mainly to do
0: with with
1: the atmosphere as well. And uh, oh. that's
0: yeah, I, I, yeah. Especially a referee is going to be influencing more games, especially now when you think about it. Like the quality of life now, maybe for referees, they may be not be under so much pressure because of the fans.
1: I think that's what it's been. I mean, you've looked in some of the decisions that we, I mean, the decisions anyway. I mean, people think the Premier League's bad. I mean, the one that <laughs> happens
0: everywhere else. Oh, bro. yeah. You look down lower the leagues, you go, some of the decisions you think.
1: You like, you know, leg bro. And then get a then get a booking for diving. So <laughs> you know, it's like absolutely that's another thing as well that needs serious reform is is refereeing in the in the low especially the low yeah
0: because are be actually full time the referees in say no, set, set down lower the leagues? But. I think,
1: but this is the thing you you sat there as a fan and you watched it and you think to yourself, does doing the referees know the rules themselves? Because you see some of the decisions and it's and it and again it's not you can. not Blame the referees entirely. They need help from the foot, you know, from the linesman as well. I think that's another thing that I've witnessed yeah. in the last few years is that there's no, it just doesn't seem like any communication between linesmen and referees. Especially
0: and, uh, if you've got like a one right in the corner and the linesman has seen it, but he won't consult his referee. That's yeah. a big one that just is just that always well, gets overlooked.
1: And like you say, going back to the thing of it debate of whether they're part time or full time, I see a lot of. Part-time referees and you're looking at the the flow of the game and a lot of the referees can't even keep up with the ball, you know, with with what's going on in play, and it's you know if something happens in the box and there's a foul and the referee misses it. Most of the time, it's due to the fact that the referee's not even anywhere well, near well, the players.
0: Yeah, he's so not looking at the ball, is
1: he? They can't can't keep up with the play and
0: that's oh, no good, is it? <laughs> no, it's it's especially if you want the game to be free-flowing and thingy and obviously get the right decisions. Sometimes seen, there has been games where the referee has maybe given the good decision and then obviously maybe reverse it because the fans have got his back, yeah. literally. Oh, yeah, definitely. Sometimes that, fans be, have
1: an influence. Yeah, that will always go on that. I mean, you see, it's, it's always going to be a conference of referees. You get some referees who are really full of themselves and, and they give they'll give a foul for anything. And then you have some referees where the, you can tell they've just got no control of the game whatsoever.
0: That's it, especially when it's a scrappy yeah. game and everyone's fighting yeah. each other and that's it. Then Yeah, the and this system.
1: is where they need help from the fourth official and the and the linesman. I, I think in the lower leagues, it's sort of, with regards to refereeing, it's just if you see, you know, if you can give something, then give it. But, that's it, yeah. You know, but I mean, I see you, don't even, you
0: don't I even get a fourth anything. official, do you? In no.
1: Somewhere. Well, it's like you see the consistency is ridiculous. I've I've seen games where I've seen players booked for for, you know, sliding challenges or where they've got the ball but because of the two two feet rule, they've been booked for it. And yet there'll be ones where they've they've been so late with a challenge or they've deliberately pulled the player's shirt back or what have you. And because the ref has been forty yards away they they, they couldn't give it. And you're thinking, how on earth is that is that fair how on earth is that going to lead to a fair fair game? Never mind V A R. Just small oh. th- base, basic decisions that referees are getting wrong. But like I say, I think it's down to the training and, and whether they're part time or full time. That's and,
0: it. I, but, uh, I was gonna say, yeah, it's, it's down to yeah, as you say, part time, full time. I think it's down to the the FA have always they've never really had the referees back when you look at it.
1: The F, the FA have only gotten the FAs back, haven't they? Let's face it. I mean, no, you look at you look at the England job, how many top managers who should have got the job and they haven't because the FA, you know, either the they, they see them as too as they've got too big an ego or they're too, you know, too good a manager in the way and, and they they just want a yes man, don't they? And that's and it's the same with this EFL. They've just been in total denial over everything, haven't they? I mean the fact that you're having three or four clubs now on the risk risk of of going bust and and ex- being exterminated.
0: That's it. And all they're
1: bothered about is there. You know, will this happen with our rules? And and uh, we did everything we can. And you're thinking, from a fan's perspective, you know for a fact it's so obvious that you've not done everything you can, not and that the rules and that your regulations, like we were saying last week, this you know fit and proper test for owners. Everyone well, knows it's a joke.
0: Yeah. Well, what speaking of the that,
1: it's all to to know it's a joke.
0: As I say, Wigan. Um Norman Smirthwaite, former Port Vale owner, has I think has put a bid in for, for Wigan and put looking at Port Vale fans, they, they were they, he was like stripping their club away. So yeah. why is he allowed to re to literally like to rebuy a club kind of thing?
1: I know. There's there's so many owners now who are just buying clubs as as and just asset stripping them. And there's no way that there's people in the background who don't know what's going on. It's um and it's it's like with the problem with Wigan as well. I mean, I saw that they're trying to get Dave Whelan back involved and trying to. Well, you
0: know, he said he wanted to back involved. because I mean,
1: he, he said he would, going but going the end of the day, though, and the reason that it's ended up like this in the first place is because when he left, his family didn't 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 want it, did they? And that's yeah, well, why they, they sold it on. So his family may be saying to him, "Well, why you know we've spent all this time and money with the club. Why are you why should you have to go back and take over?" You know, even though he wants to in his heart, but at the end of the day, he's got his family to consider, that, and they it, they yeah. might just sit around and say, "No, we're not prepared to." To put to, money into the club again, isn't it? If you're gonna do it, then it's all down to you. But don't ask us for help, and that's that's the problem with these these owners, where the the it's like a, a family, isn't it? You know, where it's um, it, you can never same with uh Sheffield United, was it, where you've got sort of two fifty percent share. Yeah, the
0: like the, is it the, the Saudi.
1: Yeah, and they're saying the decisions. No one can agree on decisions in the background because of because no, it, it's it's fifty fifty split. There's no one who has a, a majority yeah. saying it. So, but like with Wigan, it's just a mess. But you, it's it's only going to get worse with regards to that. It's um, unless the thing with the FA as well and the AFL, they're not they're not footballing people running it. You look at the say. And even and with the football clubs, you look at in Germany, for example, and Bayern Munich, and you look at the people running the club there, and most of them are, are ex-players, aren't they? they who are still involved in the club, yeah. and you just don't get that here. You don't. There's no one who has any expertise running these clubs or running the FA on the AFL. It's all just the the typical bureaucracy, isn't it? Yeah. It, I say it stems down.
0: It, stem, it just stems down all through the FA, doesn't it? Yeah. Obviously, there's
1: they're failing to understand that the only ones who have been punished for this are not the not these owners who have been shafting people, but the fans. You know, I know this with twelve point deductions and like what's happened with Macclesfield and all these different penalties. That's how how on earth is that going to resolve anything? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, look at look at us and, and Wigan and 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 you know say Barry. If if Berry survived, then who's to say that it's oh that's not going to happen again? You know, and this is what annoys me when people are, are talking about running running football clubs like a business, but that only gets you so far. If you don't know who your audience is, and you don't consider your audience, you're not going to last two minutes.
0: Exactly, that's, that's just the way it goes, isn't it? It's... it's
1: like with Wigan, Wigan now, if they get new owners now, if it's someone comes in and buys it, and they've got plenty of money, but if they're not footballing people, that club is not going to get... Any better is it? It's just gonna. It's risk. You have got the same risk of asset stripping
0: and just not. Well, I mean, they've had to sell all the players, haven't they? Even for lower, yeah. lower amounts. I mean, was it Anthony Robinson could have gone to AC Milan in January for ten million pounds, but it fell through due to a due to his medical, and now he's signed for Fulham for two million. Yeah. Even Jamal Low eight hundred thousand to Swansea. I mean, that's quite cheap for him. And after he, I mean, after he started after lockdown, I mean. Even Kiefer Moore, two million for the Welsh striker going to Cardiff, players that maybe should have got a bit more.
1: Yeah, it's it's it's. A, I mean, you look at how they played as well at the end of the season, and and it was a good team, wasn't it? And now all all of that is just completely, you know, any hope of say bouncing straight back up uh, immediately, it's gone, has not it? You've yeah, been, even with the manager when he it, left, right? Like we like we did. We, I've no players left, and then we got. Playing on the, the young, the young ones, and we're just getting battered five, six, nil no every week. And how is that? Situations? How are situations like that? You know, bringing fairness to the game because because an owner or a chairman or whoever has, has, has mismanaged the club so badly that they've ended up, you know, on the verge of administration. How how are these penalties just uh, bringing fairness?
0: You know, yeah. It's like with Mac as well. Literally, right out of the AFL. It's the national league's problem
1: now, not not the EFL, because they've been relegated. Yeah, they so. just palming. it's just like you say, it's, it, all the all it is is just passing off responsibility whoever's whoever's next in line. So, like you say, it's the national league that's going to be having to deal with this now. And and you just the problem the problem is when you're in this situation as a fan, you lose so much hope in in football, and and you just begin to think to yourself, is it is it worth it? You know, and and it's all right talking about. Clubs restarting and, and so on. Like with Buried, they've got yeah. new, well, got two different clubs now, aren't they? They've yeah, got, they've got the they've got the Phoenix one <laughs> you know going, but you've got the other the new one. But it's not going to be just as easy to just you know all these fundraisers and and get fans. All the sudden fans are just going to start coming back. It's
0: not as easy as that, is it? No. And, and fans have to put have to put their money back into the club, and then mm. what, what? Where's that investment going? Where' well, is, most football
1: fans have got families, haven't they? And there might have people in the family who say, "I'm not happy with you spending all this spending all this money on on a team that is not is not going anywhere." I mean, as much as we follow our teams to the end of the world, we do want to see some sort of success. Yeah, every, you know, it's. I mean, if if teams in say in the Championship and League One, League Two, National League, if they're not hoping for promotion or anything, then what are they hoping, what are they going to the game for? You know, they want to see the teams win. And I think it, it was sort of a similar thing with us, where we, st- we had a, more or less a youth team playing, and they just seemed to think everyone was going to be happy with watching us. Get battered, yeah. And they're thinking, "All oh, right, yeah, we've still got a club, but there's no point having a club if it's just, lo- if it's just 100% losing, are you? You watch your team. Yeah. <laughs> That's not going to, and uh, by the end, by the end of the season, people just wanted to see us win a match, and you can't just use the same excuse of oh, but we've still got a club. You know, that's I think as well a lot of these owners who come in and and try, try and claim that they're saving clubs with their intervention, what have you, and then they, they use that as a, as like a hold on fans all the time, like oh well, you've still got a club and that's all that matters. And it's not that's not what football's about. It's about it's about fans watching the team win, you know. And it and if they don't win, at least put in a good performance and 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 that's it. You see where you end up, and if you end wherever you end up in the league, that's that's where you deserve to be. But it's it's not good enough for, for the likes of the EFL and what have you to just say sorry and oh well. You've if you get enough money together as supporters trust and that kind of thing. Uh,
0: it'll be
1: all
0: right in the end it's it's well, not fair it, on fans no that's it it's it's, all, it's sometimes it's always down to the fans isn't it and if they have to buy the club they have to they have to fund it don't they it's not down to like the owner it's down to the to like supporters trust to like, mm. fund fund the clubs so whether you get an owner that, that doesn't fund a club you say like oh, who is now, really, is their owner, as we said last week, not put any money in. I mean, they're having to scrape from player sales from, like, Jared Bowen and stuff.
1: It's a question of common sense, isn't it? From a a common sense perspective, that club, that guy should not be running that club and should not be owning it. And I can't help but feel that in other countries someone something would have been done about it. But here, it's just sort of it's all, as long as it's all done by the book and it's all the paperwork has been filled out and the They've, then they've got every right to do what they want with the club, and it's this is where the serious reform needs to be made of of what of the principles of the AFL, and what they, they can't they're just letting anyone and anybody buy a club. There was no interest in the game whatsoever, and it's I don't think you get that in in particularly in Germany. I don't think you get it, and I think they they wised up to what's what was going on, and that's why you have this. Thing with with fans
0: running the clubs. It's, it's the so, fifty plus one rule, isn't it? It's, yeah, I think they can't majority own or something. I I remember reading yeah, up about
1: millionaires it. or millionaires holding clubs to ransom and holding fans to ransom.
0: Can you? I Well mean, oh. as I say you don't really see it in Germany, do you? Whereas over here, it's it's not yeah. f- rife, but it's this is the odd few clubs that it's happened to.
1: Well, I think I think there's so much we always talk about other leagues being corrupt, don't we? Look at the Italian league and, and what goes on in Spain and we all see it as everything here is all done by the book and, and we're very responsible. And I think the past few years now it's come to a lot of people's eyes that this country in terms of people running clubs and how clubs are run, it it's just as corrupt and and money that's just disappearing and and, and the blatant uh, you know Disrespect that owners have for the the club and for the fans, and like you say, with Hull. I mean, it's so some sort of intervention should should have been made there years ago, but it needs to be made because it's not, it's like we say, it's fans who are suffering, isn't it?
0: And it's a a toxic atmosphere that just doesn't really bode well around the club.
1: Yeah, I mean, look at that with Blackpool the fact that was it four or five years where four or five seasons where they had to boycott going to the games. To bring to bring them to the point where the money that they were losing ha- meant that they had to get the that was the only way of getting the owners it, out.
0: That was
1: what it was. But there's like there's no sort of watchdog is there? There's no uh, regulator for, for clubs want for owners once they've taken over a club. All oh, this fit and proper test. It needs to be a fit and proper sort of curriculum, you know, whilst they're running the club, not just but not just in their attempts to buy a club, but they need to be proven that that they're running it in the in the right way and there's just nothing out there is there
0: no that's it maybe maybe it's time to ring in the watch watchdog to maybe not look over finances as such but more look at the owners themselves and well,
1: the intentions isn't it it's a question of intentions when I, when i talk about it's common sense with dealing with it it's common we we talk about common sense in the in the idea of you know why are they buying the club never mind what money they can bring i mean you... That... It, it, you look at that with, say, City years ago with um, uh, Shinawatra, was it? The, yeah. The one from Thailand yeah. can pre- boast that you've got all the money in the world, but I bet none of them have a justifiable reason for buying the club other than dodgy reasons. <laughs> uh, who knows why? Yeah. I one of the, I think that's a problem with this country is that the FA and EFL the they will not change, and as long as you have the same bureaucracy in place, we're going to have the. Like, um, like Neil Harris said, we're just gonna have the same thing happening to more and more
0: clubs, and it just doesn't look good, does it? Really, in the, in the respect for, for the clubs over here, and
1: I don't know. Yeah, like I say, we can go around in circles with it. We can, can't we? I, I think that's the thing with fans, fans in the lower leagues. Every every time we moan about something, it's always the same thing. Into it, and we just we just, just uh, go around can, in
0: circles. But nothing ever gets done, does it? So no. <laughs> We'll say we'll move move on to something a bit more lighter. So away days, away days have always been a staple of the football, haven't they? So I mean, we've had the odd few Uh, with Stockport and even Bolton. (laughs) I remember the Bolton one was the was it ever was it Mac and then it was Everton. And I remember it was Everton in the FA Cup. uh, As we were leaving the stadium, as it was snowed, oh snowballs!
1: I know. And then you got you got police standing on the on the platform saying no 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 throwing snowballs. It's like, <laughs> it's, like <laughs> it's just like a kids' playground, wasn't right? it? You know, yeah,
0: just over the other side
1: and But yeah, it's I like, will tell you one one place that I really enjoyed and it's I mean and again another a, a really big club as well, in my opinion, a really big club and I was, again bad management, but Sunderland, I remember me we me and my dad went up there, it was a Christmas game and it was uh, I think we were, all the games, it was when we were in the Premier League and all the games had been kicked off, uh, called off, and we were the only one going ahead, and it was a lunchtime kickoff as well, and the, literally, there's no one there from our side, it was, there, was, there must have been about oh, about 800 of us, eight 900 of us, and we went to the, you know, you go up, say so you're in the big stadium and you've got a seat and you need to, you know, you ask a steward, where, where am I going? And then they just turned around to them and said, Sit where you want because there's no one <laughs> <That's> here. <exactly. laughs> so that, you know, but it was really, you know, you look, I think with away days as well, it's the, it's the places you're going to as well, not just the stadium. It's
0: you always try and make a day of it, don't you? And that's it. I, I think I was it our first away day, Fleetwood, Jim Gannon's return. Yeah. And
1: was, I, I remember getting, getting the, the little, bag of
0: chips. Yeah. <laughs> and that, yeah. We got to the coach, and I think it was just the. It was tea time kickoff. I remember it being tea time, and mm. we're, I think I think it was on. I think it was on. I feel like it was on telly, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, I bet. I remember. I remember when we got off the bus and the literally just dropped us off and just stopped in the middle of the road, didn't <laughs> yeah, just it? The- where, <laughs> fleet, where, um, is it hybrid? It's called Fleetwood's Ground. Yes, it is. Yeah, and then um, there's there's nowhere to park, was there? Back then, no, anyway. No, there. yeah. But the lecturer stopped to their own and said, right, you need to get, off, right, get off. And, <laughs> and yours always, yours always remember the, the, the away days where it where it's funny, don't you? You know That's and,
0: it, yeah. Especially there was hide. I know it's only close up the road. I had my cans taken off me. The oh, no, yeah, of yeah,
1: you're, that was yeah, dangerous individual. <laughs> You'll be can. can protect you, protect you from <laughs> your <own baggage>. yeah. <laughs> I know it's uh, all the all the daft things that happened That's what that's what you remember, isn't it? That's, Even if yeah. you've lost the game, like four five nil. Oh, that was
0: Southport. So, oh, yeah, that was. A-
1: still, you still remember it because
0: of like that Southport game. You remember it because of that steward who was. The- oh, yeah, the ginger steward. I remember the, <laughs> the, the the lunchtime kickoff was. Uh, we were all asking for the. I think it was Everton versus Sunderland. They should end up finishing one one or something. And we were all just yeah, like. Um,
1: I mean, I didn't know what he was saying after time, and we just had to nod our heads and go, "Yeah."
0: <laughs> Even the 44-year-old keeper we had on the bench that day—I mean, uh-huh. when we had Ormerson sent off, it was it was four-nil down. you think, "Yeah, we bring some 44-year-old goalkeeping coach on." But,
1: but do you remember that when they got they, they got a goal back? I mean, it was already five-nil down. They got a goal back in like the 993rd ni- minute or something. Oh, no, yeah, the last 30 seconds of the game, and. And it got it got chalked off for offside. Oh and yeah, oh. The break.
0: <laughs> last bit of the day, you think, oh my god, it's...
1: yeah. But it but you, you still remember them because they were funny even though you lost and it's um that 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 like we were saying last week, that's what's I think that's what's better about the lower leagues. You you tend to it just doesn't you're more likely to have a laugh, aren't you? Yeah, on you, you you have a bit of a it's um you go and like I say you go and you've seen the places that it's like when I went to up to Sunderland. You always have this image of saying the pubs in the northeast or well in the north in general, and it's like all grotty old towns and you know. With, and I went there, and I was absolutely surprised at you know how how nice it was. You know, sort of you know going on the train along the coast and what have you. That's and, it.
0: and, it's like a new place to go, isn't it? Every time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and the thing as well, you meet other fans as well, and you meet other fans in pubs, and you allow, you know, you have a chat with them, and there's because there's a lot less rivalries going on in terms of fans are traveling up and down the country, you know, more compared to say in the Premier League. Yeah, you, you see so many different towns and stadiums and what have you, and, and fan groups, and it's um, there's there's a lot less need for there's a lot less tension. I think you know. Obviously, you get local derbies and and it all kicks off. But yeah, it definitely um, happens. But it's it's this for me as well. You look at this country in general, and there's so much potential with regards to the fact that we've got, we've got so many teams that you know there's like a ta- a, a a team for every town, is not there? In yeah. and, and like for, you look at Forest Green Rovers, for example. Even even villages now are start uh, are starting to get professional teams. And, you know, there's, there's so much, there's su- such a good platform and framework for us to be a really top footballing country and and, and produce a top national team. And it's just, it's so, like you say, any, anything that's outside the Premier League, it's not considered, you know, there's there's plenty. Of, you look at the England team at the moment and I can't help but thinking that there are some good players who are in the championship, for example, who just don't get look looking because of who they play for.
0: That's it. It's and, all. It's all. However, you play in the prem. Even he said Jack Grealish, but he's not in the the normal England squad. But mm. you look at Calvin Phillips, who has played in the championship, has yeah. got a call up for the first time. So you think, what? Yeah. Why, th- why not play the a,
1: championship more? Just needs a wider scope, does not they? No, and that's not. That doesn't mean just pick en- anyone and anybody. But you gotta. I think the scout. You look at say uh, the England manager that goes to sort of the big games and the you know, t- talent spotting and seeing how the current squad's doing and the check up on players and they go to certain games. But you never see them go to any sort of championship games or any 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 games lower down. And it's just because of this presumption that the quality the quality is not good enough. And if they look hard enough, there are some decent players there. And not and more so decent managers. I mean you look at the jobs that Chris Wilder and Sean Dyche have done and they've really had to work their way up. And but a lot of what they're doing in the Premier League has been gathered from the years of
0: experience in the lower league, haven't it? I mean, same I with remember. same with Eddie Howe, really, isn't he? When yeah. he yeah Eddie Howe, then...
1: yeah, I mean, you think about Eddie Howe and that with Bournemouth and the fact that he, when he took over, they were they were like, what's going on with, with what's happened with us and Wigan, for example? They're on the verge of extinction, weren't they? And they were just they were absolutely fighting at the bottom to stay up. And you look at how far he's taken them. And it's like with Sheffield United. I mean, I remember we played Sheffield United a couple of years ago. On the, they were stuck in League when, One, fair. In, in
0: League
1: One. When we were in League One and, and we played them first game of the season and we beat them 1-0. And you, you see them from that day and where they are now and, and who they're playing against. And then you, you can't help but have a lot of respect for them. And, but again, though, no one ever, no one ever notices. Sean Dyche or Eddie Howe or Chris Wilder, and because of who they manage and the clubs that they've played for and and so on, instead of realizing the talents, all they do is pick apart the style of play, and it's so it's so unfair. It's how like with Burnley. What is what Sean Dyche has done with Burnley with with the players he's got is fantastic, but all on the on uh, the
0: budget he's had as well, especially. But,
1: but rather than to con, to re- seriously consider his talents, all they do is say, uh, "Oh well." Uh, it's his style of play, though. If you did that anywhere else, it wouldn't work. I'm thinking that it's just as until we get over that mentality, we're never going to get anywhere, are we? No, we're uh,
0: definitely not. Mm-hmm.
1: And you look at it, like with us, we've got Ian Everett now, and uh, and he's come from Barrow, and and what he's achieved at Barrow is fantastic. Really, I mean, how many years they've not been in the in the football league, and what he's done with the resources, and yet. If he if he doesn't do a, a a particularly brilliant job with us, or we don't move anywhere, that's all that's going to go down on his record. And it's just this this image that certain managers, if they come from the lower leagues, they're not big enough. You know, they're not big enough to manage uh, teams that are higher up. And we're missing out on so much expertise and and success by just. You know, circulating the same managers who have failed at other top clubs, but because they've been at top clubs, they they get the second chances, and that's the thing. In the lower leagues, no, a lot of managers don't seem to get a, a second chance, do they?
0: No, it's it's it always seems to be league one and league league one and two. I think once you've had a job, really, that's mm-hmm. it. You're not really given a another no. chance, really, at the stick. But maybe Mike Lapperton, you could say he's been at a few clubs, who is now at Lincoln. Because he's been he's been Blackpool manager if I remember correctly. It's like Simon yeah. Grayson; he was manager for other few clubs, even Championship, went down to League Simon.
1: One. Yeah, but you look at Simon Grayson for example, and what he did—he did well at Preston, and then moves to Sunderland, and straight away he's got the pressure on him, and it doesn't work out, and that's all the last—that's the last thing people remember his career by. Not what he did at Preston or at Leeds. All they just all they remember is the Sackings and. And you look at managers in the Premier League compared to that, and you look at Marino's getting sacked, and and other uh, other managers who've been sacked, and and they end up at another Premier League club, and it everything
0: seems to be forgotten. And I don't know, like I say, we've it's, put a, the it's, a, it's a harsh world, world, as you say in,
1: in, the in the lower estab- leagues. It's an estal- establishment system that we've got in this country with regards to football, and and I think until until more damage is done with regards to. The state of football clubs going going out of business, and and if the England team, I mean, we we had a good World Cup, didn't we? But if if we don't start producing results soon, you, you're gonna see the same flaws again. And unless just some serious talent coming through that is that is led well, it's gonna be you just fans are just gonna go through more suffering before things get any better, and it shouldn't have to be like that, you know, because the people at the top should already be making the decisions to to improve things. And it's, um, it's a shame, but there we go. That's the way it goes, isn't it? That's a good, that's a good discussion on the way that, days. That's it, isn't <laughs> it? It's the
0: way days, uh, football corruption. <laughs> that's it for the second episode anyway. So I think I'd like to thank Alex for joining me again. So... Anyway, well, we've, we've bored
1: enough people for, for <laughs> how we think
0: it is. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> Cheers, Alex. See you next time. Okay.